This episode of Life Accelerated is brought to you by Equisoft, a leading global provider of end-to-end cloud-based solutions with deep domain expertise in the life insurance industry. To learn more, visit Equisoft.com. I think startups and, and other industries, whether it's e-commerce, banking, et cetera, have shown us the way in some ways that if you can have processes that are largely tech and data-driven, you can find not only amazing efficiencies, but you can create better experiences for users and clients. I'm Anthony O'Donnell, editor of Insurance Innovation Reporter, and this is Life Accelerated, a podcast for life insurers who want to achieve digital transformation. You just heard Sharif Balogun at the top of the episode. Sharif is head of platform transformation at Mass Mutual, a 170-year-old life insurance company that is changing the way consumers are interacting with life insurance through its successful startup distribution company, Haven Life. My journey so far has been, I would say, nonlinear. I spent some time at law school and just sort of fell into tech almost by accident. I got recruited by, by Mass Mutual and started in this data science consulting role. And it was just fascinating to me to see an older company really just trying to adopt data science as a function and as a capability and and being able to be on the ground floor of that was really exciting. Sharif is focused on modernization in three core areas, legacy transformation, data and analytics, and digital customer experience. In our conversation, Sharif shares how Haven Life has served as a kind of innovation lab or incubator for Mass Mutual, and he talks about how data transformation is taking place daily and how the organization is prioritizing his three core pillars. Let's talk about where the life insurance industry is today in general with regard to digital transformation and about what the industry needs to get done and uh, what it has gotten done, where it stands in its progress. One of the driving factors that have push the industry beyond you know some of its previous boundaries has been just expectations of of customers big tech companies the startup and and vc world has really introduced so much kind of just speed and ease of buying ease of learning ease of you know access to services and products and i think the insurance industry is has historically kind of been this more kind of people-centric, intermediary-centric, and frankly, it's just slower process that is a heavily re- regulated industry, not driven by tech and, and data. But all these things have changed as customer expectations have changed. And now I think, you know, to a certain extent, people just expect things to be faster and easier. And that sort of created this need for the industry to shift. And I think that shift has taken a number of turns, right? I think um, a lot of it is tech-driven. So you see over the last five to 10 years, just this insurgence of insure tech providers, startups that are biting off pieces of the value chain to try to um, solve some problem in a unique way and, and, and in a way that, that adds some value to larger providers. But then you also see larger legacy carriers really try to transform from the inside out. And that's looked like you know, a lot of commitment, not only new markets and new distribution channels and trying to reach customers in different ways, but also leveraging technology and data to really transform the legacy infrastructure that a lot of these carriers are, are challenged with, but also improve the experience for clients and, and for the people that are selling this business. And so it's it's really, I think, started with just changing expectations, changing markets and, and really speed in other industries that have just changed, you know, sort of what you need 
to be uh, effective in any market. Um, and then there was COVID, right? So if you if you think about you know our our typical model of of selling insurance with a with an advisor or financial professional kind of being the intermediary, that's a it's a lot different when you're doing that in a virtual environment. And so speed of of different parts of the underwriting process, speed and and the buying process, um, you know, speed in the servicing process was all required um, and became, frankly, just table stakes, which which was sort of just another iteration of accelerating that transformation across the industry. So it's it's certainly been interesting and I would say kind of a winding road over the last uh, 10 to 15 years. But you would say the pandemic sped up the transformation? I think it had to. It's a fair question to ask if we if we hadn't sort of sped up and figured out how to digitize and figured out how to use data to drive decision-making and drive processes, could we have even survived as an industry? I'm not sure. And certainly um, would have been very difficult to kind of sustain what you expect as as the typical sort of financial and economic benefits as an organization of being a big insurer. It was going to be difficult when you just didn't have access people the same way you did pre-pandemic. I wanted to add that you had mentioned that historically the industry has been people-centric, including intermediary-centric. And I wonder whether in, in a lot of ways, technology helps to preserve that that legacy as technology becomes more people-centric. But what would you say then about how Mass Mutual has been working to adapt? Yeah, I definitely think technology has helped. And you know, one example for us in particular has just been the digital tools and capabilities we've been able to put into the hands of our financial professionals, right? So even if they are, especially as we get to uh, fingers crossed, knock on wood, all the things, um, hopefully on the back end of, of this pandemic, people are starting to interact more in person and our financial professionals are really getting out there. But we're trying to put different tools and capabilities in their hands to enable them to provide their services in a more efficient and sort of modern way to their clients. And so it's definitely a marriage uh, between those two things. I don't think it's an either or. We've discovered some different ways to do that. But broadly speaking, you know, you said it, we're 170 plus years old now. And I think we are sort of much like a lot of the other legacy carriers feeling the pressure of the external market, the pressure of margins being sort of pressed down and trying to find ways to become more efficient and more dynamic as an organization. And so for us, I would say what we've done is is two things. So one, we've we've doubled down on the things we do really well, and that's build great products for the core insurance market. And we introduce a pretty significant number of new products or, or iterations on existing products every year in response to the changing market, in response to the changing needs of our policyholders and of prospective customers. And the other way we've kind of doubled down is is through our our financial professional uh, network. We continue to invest in that network and really have kind of expanded from just an insurance focus to really a broad kind of wealth management focus. And that is something that just heavily aligns to who we are and the roots that Mass Mutual was founded on. The second thing that we've done broadly is is make some big bets. We've been committed as an organization to provide our products and services to all markets, all demographics, all income levels, et cetera. And so we found some different ways to do that, that align with the emerging needs of the markets. And so um, we have things like Mass Mutual Ventures, which is, I would say, an arm that we that allows us to sort of stay on the leading edge of different technology and capabilities that are being introduced in the market. 
and maintain a stake in them, uh, Haven Life, which is now, you know, I think going on four or five years as a direct-to-consumer transformed into a B2B, B2B2C diversified distribution channel for us to really drive in access to these new markets, whether it's millennials, whether it's people who want to buy differently, um, whether it's different demographics, et cetera. And so we've married those two things together, right? So just really doubling down on what we do well and then have some places where we're making some big bets. And as Haven Life has evolved, we've also taken the underpinning technology and, and spun that out into Haven Tech, which is a, a full subsidiary of Mass Mutual providing software services to the industry broadly. So I think we've we've found a good balance and a good diversified method for uh, making sure that we've got the things that we do well and and do them better, but also taking some risk on on some things that we think could hit big later on. Haven Life is very much in the spirit of Mass Mutual Ventures, but it's also, you could say, a dual success because it, it's succeeding as an insurance distribution company, but also now as a technology vendor. Absolutely, yeah, and it's it's funny. I think you know we set out to really disrupt the life insurance market on the distribution side. But I think what we quickly realized is in order to do that, you need the right underpinning technology. And this sort of goes back to the earlier point on, you know, I think big tech, I think startups and, and other industries, whether it's e-commerce, banking, et cetera, have sort of shown us the way in some ways that if you can have processes that are largely tech and data driven, you can find not only amazing efficiencies, but you can create better experiences for users and clients. What we discovered is in order to get this distribution thing right, or to disrupt the way that we wanted to, you need the underlying tech. And in the process, discover that that tech scales pretty well and helps solve some of our, our legacy and older challenges as well. And so we did definitely get you know sort of a lot of leverage out of that initiative, and it's now grown into um, to something much bigger. I wanted to address your job title because it implies fundamental changes in Mass Mutual's enterprise technology. Let's dig a little deeper into the nature of your job. Platform transformation it, it does kind of speak for itself. So as I've as I've said, and we've discussed, you know, we're a hundred and seventy plus year old organization. We've got plenty of just call it legacy infrastructure, and you can define legacy however you want. It could just mean old. It could mean you know, not in the cloud. It could, you know, it could mean any number of things. And it'll be true for all of those definitions. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So my role is, is really just been focused on how do we help manage that legacy infrastructure and in the process focus on, I think just sort of three core pillars that are outcomes that are important to us. So one is, is really legacy transformation, which is almost explicitly built into the to the name of my role, but how do we deprecate legacy systems? How do we manage legacy systems to reduce their cost? How do we reduce our reliance on them, minimize the different sorts of risks that come with, and limitations that come with um, legacy infrastructure? The second is technology and data. So I think data as an asset is sort of something that, you know, the insurance industry was a little bit behind on, but has rapidly kind of closed the gap on and now realizes that an insurance company is really just a big data company. Every time a person comes and applies, there's a data point that's created. When you generate a lead or a prospect, that's a data point that's created. When you go through this whole process from quote to claim, there are hundreds, thousands, probably millions of data points that are generated that can give you insight into behavior, that can give you insight into 
decisions that you need to make or highlight decisions that you're not making that you should be focused on. So I think looking at technology and data as sort of a key differentiator and asset for us has been key to drive um, our decision-making internally and then also the way that we interact with our various constituencies uh, externally. And then the third is digital experience. You know, as I said, we've had the bar set by other industries in terms of ease of buying and and having, you know, a mobile experience, having a website experience that is um, delightful and, and enjoyable and easy and seamless. And so we've spent a lot of time and effort and, and focus on ensuring that uh, we can compete and, and not only be the best in our industry, but also start to compete with some of the experiences that we see in some of those other industries that are a little more mature on that front. The digital experience pillar, you know, customer digital customer experience pillar kind of brings us back to Haven Life, which, as we discussed, has been a very successful startup. So I wonder how we should understand Haven Life as an experiment in customer experience and what that means for the enterprise in the long run. You suggested some of that earlier. Maybe you can elaborate a little more. Haven Life has gone from an experiment to an imperative to compete. And I think if you look at competitors that you could have really started to see some of the opportunity in rethinking the way that insurance gets into the hands of clients. And then you see that Haven Life has really sort of kind of led the way and was was first to market in, in doing that and exploring that. And now there's an absolute race to see who can really crack the nut on this and unlock sort of the underinsured population that we know is there, even you know, just within our, our country domestically, and what are the needs of those markets. And so in terms of customer experience, I think Haven Life has just been a great bed for learning the different needs of the market, the different approaches that we can take with products, with capabilities, with experience to reach a broader market, whether that is on the vector along the vector of income, along the vector of demographics, et cetera, life stage, um, and beyond. And I, I think, you know, Haven Life has just been almost like a little bit of an incubator for us to explore and try some of these new ways to get to different markets. And a lot of those learnings can um, can be leveraged through Haven Life and, and through, you know, other parts of our core business as we learn more about those markets and those uh, potential customers. So with regard to the the pillar of data and analytics, how is Mass Mutual looking at data sources, data analytics, and data science generally as compared to say 10 or 15 years ago? I think time flies now. It didn't always. It it was it was really really slow and I honestly I think when I started in this world it was probably, you know, 2015ish, I think you know data science was relatively new to Mass Mutual and we had some some great visionary leaders in the organization that just knew we were sitting on a gold mine and, and just hadn't really uh, realized all the value that we could. And so we rapidly hired best in class talent on the data science front and the technology front and took a concerted focus and effort to get buy-in organizationally to try some things on the data science front. And um, since then, now, you know, we have a really robust data science function. I think it's just really progressed in a way that might have been hard to predict, but it's just become very powerful. And I think you see it both within our organization, but across the industry. Now, you know, most companies have some sort of models making some sorts of decisions, whether 
whether they're in the space of marketing or sales or financial forecast or underwriting or fraud, the list can go on. And I, I think our sort of fundamental guiding principle is every decision in the organization, let's make it our goal to have it driven by data somehow, right? It can either be a fully sort of automated decision that is made algorithmically. It can be a decision that's augmented with some sort of specified human expertise um, and everything in between. And I, I think uh, it's been a really exciting journey to see the progress that we've made there. I can envision you sitting by the fire some years from now telling your grandkids, when I started at Mass Mutual around, oh, 2015, data science was relatively new. And they're listening with bated breath, stories of lore. Going to be riveting stuff, riveting stuff for them. It truly is is an exciting journey. And I think going back to our, our earlier conversation, it's now become an imperative. If you're not doing this, you're, you're probably not competing and you probably won't be around long. And that's just a reality of the market now. Yeah, I, I kid, but you know, my, my joke is is meant to point out that these things are moving very fast. And what's what seemed new, I mean, I remember those times. What seemed very new then and, and very awkward in the way that insurance companies were were talking about it and dealing with it is now uh, so much further advanced. And 10 years from now, it'll be a, a very different story. Absolutely. And I, I think that point was very starkly made to me when we started to have discussions with regulators about about modeling and data science. And I realized, oh, at first, you could tell they didn't really know what was going on and they weren't really asking the right questions. And then now you you talk with them and it's like, oh, okay. You know, this has been around, you've seen it, you understand it, you've gotten exposure to it. And um, for better or worse, they know exactly what to ask now <laughs> and uh, can, can get to the bottom of... Uh, just thinking about the governance and the compliance of the models, which is great. I would say it's made a lot of progress in the industry. <laughs> so your first pillar was legacy transformation. And of course, life insurer's legacy system burden is legendary. And uh, one would expect a significant complement of legacy core systems at a leading incumbent such as Mass Mutual. There's a vast legacy footprint that we have to manage. And I would say point A is clear. We've got We've got all the systems. We need a plan. <laughs> Point B is clear. We have less of those systems or none of those systems, and and we can we can build strategically on modern technology. I think the magic and the the real work is is how do you get from A to B, and how do you manage your technology? How do you manage your tech? How do you manage your data and your experience in the interim? And so that has been really what the transformation for us is is about. I think we've we've spent the right amount of energy and the appropriate amount of, of focus to identify what the right approach is for managing that and understanding it might not be a linear path from point A to point B, but that transition state doesn't have to be terrible. You can create a great experience along the way for your customers and for your advisors and, and other constituencies. And I think that's something that we've learned and you know are continuing to embrace as we, uh, as we go along this journey. So, Sharif, when we take the three pillars together, it implies, as does your title, a new overall environment or platform. Could you explain what that will look like as all these initiatives reach maturity? We would have a minimal, if any, legacy footprint. You know, so all of our legacy systems are are deprecated or at least being managed very efficiently. And at the same time, we've got most of our core business and processes driven through 
modern technologies that we've invested in, in modern products, improving our speed to market so we can respond to changes faster and cheaper while offering a great experience to our external constituents and users, whether they be customers, advisors, brokers, et cetera. And then internally having more and more of our processes driven by clean data from clean systems and from modern systems and having our decision-making heavily supported, augmented, complemented with data science and, and analytics along the way. We talked about the preservation of the legacy of a 170-plus-year-old company, but conserving that precious legacy doesn't necessarily mean that there won't be important changes culturally, particularly as processes need to be reordered in a customer-centric manner. I'm in total agreement there, and I think one iteration of what that change can look like is the idea of agile versus waterfall, right? I think thinking about making progress iteratively, thinking about failing quickly, thinking about embracing mistakes as learning opportunities, whereas, you know, historically it might have been build, 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 build to the spec and release it and everything goes perfectly and then you just figure it out if it doesn't. I think, you know, having that commitment to that change from a top-down uh, level and, and then also making sure that, again, that there's a clear purpose and a why behind what we're driving towards and that people can understand their place in it makes it a little bit easier as the change happens and there's that friction that that can exist going through that change. If people know why we're doing it and they know how they fit into it, I think it, it makes it a lot more manageable and even enjoyable for most. So one last question, Sharif. As you look over the range of transformation initiatives, what would you regard as the three initiatives that are indispensable, the three that you could not cut from your transformation program? I'm going to cheat a little bit because I'm just going to go back to the pillars. <laughs> but I, I think the first is doing what we can to manage our legacy infrastructure. And I think whether it's migrating from legacy platforms to strategic platforms and, and deprecating those old systems, but that that's a must because you get so much leverage from a an efficiency and an economic point of view, but also just the benefits that come from speed to market and offering a great experience and great products to our to our clients is is critical. The second I would say is continued just proliferation of data and analytics. Again, so many decisions we make every day, so many processes every day that that are um, taking place in a company as complex as ours. So as much as we can leverage data, algorithms, data science to drive those processes, augment those processes, make us smarter about decisions, make us more efficient about decisions, help us, you know, rule out some decisions that we don't need to use energy making, whatever it might be. I think that's critical for us both in terms of being an efficient organization and productive organization, but also knowing where our next opportunities are and, and where to sort of get the most bang for our buck. And then lastly, it truly is the digital experience for our customers and for our financial professionals. You know, we need that to compete, but it's also just a better way to work. It's a it's a more productive way to work. It's a better way to reach customers. And if we can offer a great experience and really build that engagement with clients, even if they don't need or want our products today, if, if we have the right brand and the right digital experience that they can connect with, then you know, eventually our, their, their needs will align to our services and, and we'll be able to form uh, really healthy and productive relationships with them. I was fascinated by Sharif's perspective on approaching innovation through the lens of a tech company. 
one gets a sense of Mass Mutual's shifting to a software as a service approach to technology. And with the success of Haven Life, both as an insurance distribution company and a technology vendor with the launch of Haven Tech, and its strategic engagement with technology change through the work of Mass Mutual Ventures. Anybody exploring the Haven Life website will see what Sharif was describing and find a modern, sleek user interface and a user-friendly approach that extends to the language driving a consumer's interaction with the site. You can see how that informs Mass Mutual's main website and other digital properties of the carrier. It's clear that the company has prioritized customer experience as a major area of innovation. We also learned from Sharif how much back-office initiatives matter in making that experience a reality while also driving greater operational efficiency. Thank you for joining us for the Life Accelerated podcast, undertaken by Insurance Innovation Reporter in partnership with Equisoft. For more relevant content to help you achieve digital transformation, please visit equisoft.com slash lifeaccelerated.